You are listening to Port of Entry. In June of this summer, right before the kickoff of San Diego's Pride Month, we received an invitation to a film presentation and a live performance at the San Diego Public Library. Because of Pride, the library was hosting a number of LGBTQ events. Rainbow flags and other Pride symbols decorated the library. The staff were sporting Pride pins and other Pride apparel. We made our way to the library theater. Jeremy Davies, I'm a librarian here. I run our Monday night film program, Picture This. Among those events was a presentation of the short documentary called Las Reinas de los Cuentos. Spanish for the Queens of Stories. Followed by a drag performance by the stars of the documentary. Without further ado, here is the film. The film starred Jaime Aceves as Raquelita and his duo, Francisco Soto, as Barbecue. That's Barbecue, not Barbecue. Two drag artists from the San Diego-Tijuana border region. The film focused on a time in Jaime and Francisco's lives when they started a drag queen story time in San Diego. It wasn't your typical drag performance, or at least not how the media wants you to picture them. You know, men dressed in scantily clad clothes, performing overly sexualized bits for an adult audience. This was none of that. A drag show. Jaime está haciendo la sirenita. We're here watching. Ariel la sirenita. What we saw was like something you might find at a theme park like Disney. Yes, there was the princess dresses, big wigs, and copious, and I mean copious, amounts of makeup. In this occasion, it was Jaime's Raquelita interpreting Ariel, the Little Mermaid, and Francisco's Barbecue interpreting Pocahontas. Yeah, thank you, Raquelita. And up next, we have a performance from the other star of the film, Barbecue. Give it up for Barbecue! It was really just Raquelita and Barbecue lip-syncing to famous Disney songs. And I'm a sucker for musicals, so this was up my alley. Yep, your eyes lit up completely and kind of got watery there. What? Cry, baby. No, I wasn't crying. You were crying. After the performance, Raquelita told the audience a little bit about herself. Good evening, my name is Raquelita. And uh, yeah, just a little bit about, about me. I grew up on both sides of the Tijuana and San Diego border. Uh, and I... I do come from a Mexican background. My parents were both from Juana, from my mom's side, they're from Michoacan, and from my dad's side, they're from Guadalajara. So I think that's really Jaime, or Raquelita's day job, is as a therapist. Uh, specifically, gender affirming therapy for queer, non binary, uh, and trans youth, specifically, and then also Latinx uh, clients uh, through two different prior practices here in San Diego. 
And yeah, and so drag is also like my sort of like side job that I've been able to sort of turn it turn into a small career and use it to like be an activist in the community and empower other people, specifically youth. And I think that's yeah, that's all I want to share. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, thank you. If you tuned into the last two episodes, we're showcasing LGBTQ plus stories of the region. These next two episodes are about how two members of the queer community found their true voice and how they resisted and refused to be drawn out in a sea of hostility. One, through performance. And it was great because it was just kind of like feeling like there, I was tapping into this part of myself that I never was able to ex explore or express given the environment that I was growing up in, you know, where I would always have to, I guess, police my femininity, right? and another through writing and painting. Y practicaba ilustración en acrílicos a través de las cuales desarrollaba ese tipo de viñetas en los que contaba diferentes experiencias como una persona queer en Tijuana. This is part one, Jaime and Raquelita's story. From KBBS, this is Port of Entry. Where we tell cross-border stories that connect us. I'm Alan Liliental. And I'm Natalie González. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Jaime is a proud Latinx queer man. Although he's confident in his own skin today, that wasn't always the case. He shares his journey of how he came to find a place for himself in an environment hostile to who he was. We first met Jaime at his mother's apartment in Pearl Beach. Buenas, buenas. Sí. Yep. Iniciamos. He moved back in with his mother after splitting with his partner. When we asked if she could join us to be part of the interview process, it was a no. He made it clear that he preferred to hold our interviews somewhere else or have them when his mother wasn't around. It later became evident why that was the case. I, f I wish I would have taken a little bit longer to, to come out to them, but I felt ready in that time, so I did. They didn't take it well. They uh, my dad told me that it was a phase. My mom uh, thought it was a, like uh, an illness. De hecho, ella me llevó este a un doctor en Tijuana para comprobar de que no era gay and to do some testing to like try to treat me for the doctor to treat me and to cure me. It was bizarre, and I yeah, it was it was interesting to experience all those things because it kind of. Uh, traumatized me in a way of like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Like that was the message that I was receiving from my parents. 
Jaime's parents never really came to terms with Jaime's sexuality. They even went so far as to take Jaime to Tijuana to try conversion therapy and when he was an older teen. She had asked me to go with her to Tijuana, and I think she kind of tricked me. Like, she didn't tell me we're going to go see a doctor, and we ended up being at a doctor's. I remember being really mad at her because she, yeah, she, she tricked me. Like, she was deceiving me to, like, doing something I didn't want to do. To this day, his relationship with his mother is strained. Especially because... She, you know, she kept on telling me that what I had was an illness, and I kept on telling her that it wasn't an illness, that I was, you know, there was nothing wrong with me. While his mother was more aggressive in opposing Jaime's sexuality, he remembers his father's approach as calling it a phase, essentially believing that Jaime would just grow out of it. And it's interesting because I actually had therapy today, and we are talking about my relationship with my parents, about how my relationship to each one of them is different. Um, my dad passed away six years ago, uh, or more than six years ago. He passed away in 2015. Um, and my relationship with him never got to the point where it felt like he was uh, unconditionally supportive of me. He was supportive in some areas, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, he helped me with basic needs. He helped me when I was in college. He supported me through uh, some really rough times in my life. But when it came to my sexuality, he was never supportive or accepting. Like, whenever I would try to engage him in conversations about my sexuality or my partners or anything related to the queer world, he would always, like, ignore or avoid the subject. Um, or just kind of make, like, facial uh, gestures, kind of, like, in disapprove or in, the, in disgust. Um, and... And that was my cue to, like, just not engage anymore. His father owned a tire repair shop in Tijuana. And like many kids who are born into a family business, you have to learn your family's trade early on. He remembers working there and having to man up to the world. So it was kind of, like, hard having to, like, grow up in that environment. O sea, imagínense como trabajar con llanteros, o sea, y machistas. Muchos tiempos, me acuerdo, pues, experiencias viéndolos a ellos así nomás este uh, kind of being yeah like machista men like typical behaviors o sea catcalling mm. uh, women who wa will walk around or just like um, being like men and I just I remember being around that constantly and always having to like be aware of my own behavior Jaime like grew up scared of being perceived as gay or not being men enough Especially after he saw how kids like him got treated and picked on at school. In middle school, there was one openly gay kid that everybody knew about, and everybody would like be like super like homophobic. Like they would yell things at him, and I never saw any violence. But the verbal harassment that I think I witnessed was really severe, to the point where like. Even people mentioning his name around me or seeing him near me during lunch would like activate my sort of defenses and I would like feel like I needed to freeze or like not interact with this person. And because it, you know, I was a way of, of me like not wanting to be associated with this person. I was scared, yeah. I was scared and nervous and fearful of like, you know, similar things happening to me and so. Not having solid emotional support to fall back on at home meant Jaime lacked the confidence to take on the world and accept who he was. That is, until he found an outlet. 
I got to drag, yeah. So fast forward to his college years. My last year or two in college, I was a fan of this popular TV show called RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a show about drag queens and a contest to see who is like the top, who can be the top top uh, drag queen. And I just remember being really intrigued by the like just the concept of a drag queen. I remember one of the first years that I was in college, there was like a local drag show that happened on campus. And it was just like these really cool drag queens that were very seasoned, like they had been doing drag for a while. He first checked out the scene and went to a few shows. Like really fun. And I just remember having like this experience, this, this opinion of like, wow, that's so, that's so cool that they, these queer people are just having fun, performing, entertaining us, and they look really happy. I never thought of myself as actually wanting to pursue being a drag queen. Then he dipped his toes in the waters. And at some point, I was curious to see what drag was like here in San Diego. Then I started attending some of the drag shows here in San Diego, just to like show support, to see what it was like and possibly to also experiment with it because I was already in this place in my life where I felt like, oh, like I want to just tap more into creativity. As an artist, like I want to learn more. And after mustering the courage, he took the plunge. Dove in head first. Yeah, it was great, yeah. I mean, I remember the, the first time that I did it, I performed to uh, a song by Shakira. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know that video where she has the purple wig? Uh, so it was fun, and I look like a busted queen, like I did not look my best, but it was still so much fun. I have a photo somewhere. Um, and when he started pursuing drag, something in Kaima's life opened yeah, like I up. I wanted more. Like I was like, wow, like I can really see myself doing this more. And I did. <laughs> and it was great because it was just kind of like feeling like... There, I was tapping into this part of myself that I never was able to ex- explore or express given the environment that I was growing up in, you know, where I would always have to, I guess, police my femininity, right? Or Something right? that he felt was clogged or stuck um, finally found a way to out. Not, to not ex- uh, express myself in anything that's not masculine, right? Um, so to unleash that part of myself or to tap into that part of myself felt really liberating. And just like that, Raquelita was born. Raquelita, in Jaime's own words, is someone who Jaime was not. She is fierce, confident, and unafraid. He finds in her a sort of refuge and the power to navigate the world more confidently. And we asked, why Raquelita? Yeah, so in college, I would I would name myself Rachel from the show Friends. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because it was like a group of friends, like my close group of friends, like it was like, yeah. I mean, it's one of those shows that I feel like, especially like growing up in, in the border town, it's like one of those shows that helped me learn English, you know? Yeah. It's not by choice that I, you know, wanted to watch it, but it was just one of those shows that was on TV that I just grew up watching and, and I, I learned a lot of English through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so that, yeah, so I don't know. I just named myself Rachel because I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like this is who I am. Like naturally, of course, it fits. And, uh, but then I was like, no, like I am Latina, so let's switch it up. And, and I am fun size, so Raquelita just made, made, made more sense. <laughs> Jaime gave us a quick tour of his room. 
full of all sorts of colorful and eye-popping crafts. Paintings and different depictions of stages of his life were hung over his wall. Uh, yeah, my wigs are here. So it's kind of cool to know that it's like, you know, this is. I was afraid to like have stuff like this when I moved back because I knew that my mom would have a reaction to it. But I think over the time that I've been here, like I've just sort of been challenged to take the risk and just, you know, claiming the space. This is I pay rent, and you know. So I have to his room was cramped. His drag accessories were mostly hidden away, and his art supplies were overflowing from his work desk. It's about to explode. I mean, yeah, my coats, and then my little mermaid outfit, and just French and pads, and yeah, a whole bunch of stuff in there. My makeup, and yeah, it's shoes. So. The small room boxed Jaime in. It felt as if a sort of force was pushing him in, containing the side of Jaime his family does not approve of. It became clear to us that he's a big bird trapped in a small cage. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, in a couple of months I'll move out. <laughs> Have a bigger space. For the bien literally, yeah. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. For Jaime, Raquelita became a sort of release an empowering persona that he could turn to find the confidence to face the world around him. And as he took on more shows, he fell in love with performing. He started showing up on the San Diego drag circuit with his partner at the time, Barbecue. When he met Francisco, Barbecue, he found in him someone that was as committed to drag, his community, and education as Jaime himself was. visibility for the LGBT plus community. Touchy, hey, touchy, hey, sorry. <laughs> we sat down with Jaime second time in Berry Park, a park in front of his mom's apartment complex. He brought his dog Chochi, a beautiful golden retriever that he shares custody of with Francisco. Jaime told us a story about a specific invitation that he and Francisco received a few years ago. One of my good friends who was involved in the community, who's also a librarian, she or they reached out to, to me and my partner at the time to see if we were interested in being a part of this, what they called the Drag Queen Story Time, just to see if we were interested in doing it, you know, to, to host a little event at the library in Otay Mesa where we would just read a book and maybe perform. 
And at the time, I actually didn't feel super comfortable with that idea because I just didn't know how it would be received by people. But my partner at the time was, you know, encouraging us to do it because they, they were like, why not? Like, we have the experience and we know what to do. Like, we can, we can organize it. We can make sure it's appropriate. And, and I was like, okay. Became more open to it and then decided to do it. And then that's when it all evolved into this big escándalo, you know, with the media. A big escándalo. So they were invited to be a part of Drag Queen Storytime. They agreed to go, but... No surprise to anyone, the event opened up a whole can of worms. Scratch that, a shitstorm of worms. As the date approached, Jaime and Francisco became the target of hateful attacks from conservative groups. The event was in September 2019 at the Chula Vista Library in South San Diego County. Here is a local TV reporter's account of the incident. They marched from the other side of the building and kind of made a line here in the front. They've been uh, shouting things like, we'll take a listen. So if you can hear that is everyone is welcome here. No hate, no fear. So we're told there are going to be two readings today, one from four to five and five to six, and another one from five to six with a break in between. But um, I was kind of surprised when I got here. I wasn't, I didn't understand exactly what it was going to play out with, but there are a lot of police officers here. Protesters versus counter-protesters, police patrols and guards, even the Westboro Baptist Church made an appearance. You know, those Bible-thumping folks that show up and protest everything that isn't in line with their, mm, how do I say this, their reactionary views. What do you mean? Well, if the Westboro folks show up at your doorstep to protest, you're probably doing something right. Oh. Okay. Anyway, can we go on? (sighs) You you don't get me. Yeah, we can go on. (laughs) Anyways... A perimeter was set to contain the opposing groups from confronting each other. It was wild. To keep Jaime and Francisco safe, they were escorted through a tunnel that led to the back of the library. Once everyone and everything settled down, Jaime and Francisco started the show. Wonderful performers, Raquelita and Barbie Raquelita, my pronouns are she, her, hers. Hey, y'all, and I'm Barbecue, and my pronouns are she, her, hers as well. Oh, my God, but there's so many people here. I know. I'm very, very excited. Thanks so much for being here. We are so, so Jaime and Francisco. No, 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 no. Raquelita and Barbecue were standing in front of a packed house. Sorry. Families with their young kids showed up in support and were ready to enjoy a show. And if you really love something, then you can also say, yes, yes. I love it. (laughs) And if you don't like something, then you can keep it cute or put it on mute. Well, let's get on with our story then, Raquelita, now that we've started the party. The story that we'll be reading today is going to be called Julian is a Mermaid. Who loves mermaids? Raise your hand if you love a mermaid. Yes, okay. They worked the crowd. 
Regardless with what was going on outside, inside, it was a fun event. Kids were laughing, adults were cheering, everyone had a wholesome time. Julian is a mermaid, Raquelita. And what is Julian getting from that big glamorous fish? That looks like a necklace. I love necklaces, Raquelita. Do you love necklaces? Sure do, barbecue. And despite the protesters, the event was a resounding success. At the park, Jaime told us about a book that is central to the drag queen story time. Yeah, we usually, we have read the book Julian or Julian is a Mermaid. Uh, yeah, which is a story about a little boy who is with his grandma or his abuelita and they're just going throughout town and the little boy is sort of talking about mermaids and how obsessed or passionate he is about mermaids and how he wants to become a mermaid. So there's a part of the book where Julian grabs like the, the, the um, he grabs like fabric and wraps it around his waist to create like a tail effect. So grandma comes back into their living room and she looks at him and Julian has like this like concerned face. So I'd like to ask the audience like what do they think Julian might be feeling in that moment and what his abuelita might be feeling in that moment. So just by looking at the facial expressions in the images of the book. So it's kind of a cool little moment where it's like, you know, you can really tap into the emotions of the characters and you can also get a reflection of the emotions on, on in the audience, right? And then to see what happens afterwards, you know, which is where she shows her support uh, for Julian wanting to be a mermaid. Jaime and Francisco, Raquelita and Barbecue, have kept doing more drag queen story times. The succeeding events have made regional and national headlines. For each critic, they have two or three people throwing their support behind them. I guess there really is no such thing as bad publicity. Yes, queen. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a really intense situation at that time because it was just had blown up to this sort of spectacle of like, oh yeah, like it's like, is this the right thing to do? to have drag performers performing in front of kids, especially when drag was something that it wasn't known how it is now. There's definitely, there has been a stigma, but there's probably still a stigma about it, that it's like a sexual thing and that it's gonna corrupt or persuade kids to become queer in some way or to sexualize them. I think I've also heard people talk about how drag queens are perceived as like predatory in some ways, but uh, but these are the ideas that we're challenging, right? Julio, escuchas? ¿Qué onda, Jaime? ¿Qué onda? Ya We met Jaime one last time in his new apartment in City Heights. There he is. Ahí está. Sorry, Jaime. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Bien, bien. Bienvenido. Gracias. ¿Ya te mudas? ¿Cuánto tiempo? Más de dos semanas. Recién mudado. He had moved in two weeks prior to our visit. There was definitely a palpable difference in the air. 
a two-bedroom flat adorned with all the things that decorated his room at his mom's place. Everything was more spread out and with breathing room. He had an altar up for Dia de los Muertos. His dad's picture was at the top next to a couple of candles and marigolds. In the kitchen, a signboard read, Casita de Jaime y Raquelita. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Oh, wow, que chido el altar, eh? Nice, dude. It's a nice place. Yes. We noticed a difference in Jaime as well. He was completely beaming with enthusiasm. Two years. And so, how does this feel to finally having your own place? Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a lot to process. Uh, as I'm transitioning to my new home, I kind of call it my home arrival, homecoming, and having now my casita uh, de Jaime y Raquelita is a... Uh, Really, it, it feels like a mixture of grieving, grieving because I'm, I'm leaving behind a, a life, an era of my life where I had to sort of be in like survival mode, survival mode emotionally in terms of like how it's affecting my mental health and not feeling secure, not feeling safe to like be myself in front of my family, in front of my mom, uh, having to sort of hide parts of who I who I am, including my drag, including, you know, my friendships, my romantic sort of partnerships, my job, because a big part of my job is to do gender affirming care. And so that means working with my community. Uh, Finally, he had a space of his own. From feeling caged, he was now somewhere where he could build a nest and spread his wings more comfortably. He was very happy. I haven't gotten ready in drag yet here in my new place, but I'm looking forward to it, and I feel like it's going to be exciting. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't done it yet. I'm still unpacking, still haven't really made time for anything else, but I'm hopeful that I will maybe in the next couple of weeks. I don't have any gigs, but I think that's the only way to get them is to get dressed up, go go out, meet people, and see if people are looking for a performer. (laughs) Before we took off, our producer Julio asked if Jaime had any last words he would like to direct, maybe to his mother or his past self. He had an insight he picked up from his therapist. He shared it with us before we parted ways. One thing that came up when I was letting them know about my my sort of uh, need to to have closure with my mom and what I would want to say to her was thank you, goodbye. And so he suggested this sort of a, a statement from this indigenous group called Ho'oponopono, mm. and it's about self-forgiveness. So it goes to practice Ho'oponopono, take a few deep breaths with your eyes closed, and then slow, slowly repeat this, the following phrases seven or eight times. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. So I think about that 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 specific phrase, and, I, and it it gets me a little emotional because it's a lot of what I've experienced in my relationship with my mom. It's like I'm grateful, but also you hurt me, and so I'm holding all of these very complicated emotions, and I need to express them to you somehow. But the only way that you'll receive it or hear it is if I just simply say thank you, goodbye. So. <laughs> I think it's a really powerful thing to say, and just by saying those two two words, thank you, goodbye.
And as a last note, he sent our producer a couple of letters. We didn't want to close this episode without sharing them here. One from Jaime to his mother. Dear Ama, I'm writing to share a couple of words with you. Thank you for the support that you've provided me for all the basic necessities that I needed during this time. I'd like to ask for forgiveness for not being the son that you always wanted me to be and that I will never be, which I know causes you a lot of hurt. I love you for trying to be the best mom that you could be for me. And goodbye for right now because being around you is really challenging for me because I feel a lot of uh, rejection. And I hope that one day our relationship could be transformed into something that's more loving and caring. I wish you all the best. And another from Jaime to his younger self. Dear Jaimito, it's okay to be different. Your way of being and your expressions are some of the most beautiful and powerful things that you have. Please don't feel shamed for all the negative comments that people say. They're false. And yes, it's okay to be sad for the lack of loving and caring things that you haven't received yet. Be very patient, and you'll see that one day, very soon, you'll receive all the love and care from the people around you. In the meantime, dance, draw, go outside and play, and sing Britney Spears songs. I'm very proud of you, and I love you. This episode of Port of Entry was written and produced by Julio Cesar Ortiz. Adrián Villalobos is technical producer and sound designer. Alisa Barba is our editor. Lisa Morissette is Director of Audio Programming and Operations, and John Decker is Senior Director of Content Development. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. This project was also made possible with the support from California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Visit callhome.org. Soy Alan Lilienthal. Y yo soy Natalie González. Nos, Nos vemos pronto. pronto.